Today's chat is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at www.trylootcrate.com slash FFC. Be sure to enter that promo code BRIDGE10 for the 10% savings. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 118, or as uh, some of you on Twitter have been referencing it, 117.B. I don't know what we're going to call next episode, but we're recording live on January 26, 2018 over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for another evening back in the tower. I uh, I apologize for the coloration of the tower's current state. I, I don't have any control over that. I have logged a official complaint with the consensus, um, but, but green, I think, might have overwritten me on that one. I mean, the, nobody's going to actually listen to you for the consensus at this point that's anyway, true, right? That's true, that's true. Though, the, the speaker can't call anybody to session. <laughs> <laughs> Do they technically need the speaker to call this consensus to session? Look, look, you're getting ahead of the chat. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. Um, you, Justin is actually out this week. Uh, his son came down with the flu, so he is obviously having to take care of that little light. Uh, so definitely send him your best snack gifts if you really want to. Uh, send him something a little bit more caring. I, I prefer to send him snack gifts, but, you know, you guys can definitely be more friendly than that could we send him car (laughs) let's do it i'm like i'm i'm completely i'm completely on board with this this movement wait all right wait which type of car like car from jungle book the jungle book car from okay either either one like we could i would accept robin hood or i would accept jungle book either oh yeah that's true i forgot that he was he was in the Disney he was in version. both of them. There's the Disney reference. I, uh, yes, yes, there is the Disney reference for you. <laughs> Enjoy. Well, along I'm already so- done. Five minutes in, the show's <laughs> over, folks. Go home. Time to go home. Uh, alongside yeah. me, we have our master of social media, the one and only Green Eye music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. Looking forward to tonight's chat. I am. I'm looking forward to uh, running around this marvelous colored tower right now and finding all the flags that i can physically stand on top of because some of them are like fall through flags and some of them you can actually stand on top of like i'll try i'll try not to go into my menu to show anybody in chat what i'm talking about so that someone doesn't have the opportunity to frame me for supporting something that i i I don't support wait 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 You, you I have evidence of you no, no, standing next to Hideo. This is this is this is like you not even accurate. took like a selfie like uh, right in front of a banner last week, Blue. Uh, I, so done. I I'm suddenly, so done show doing show and tells during live streams. I suddenly feel like this needs to be a Phoenix Wright courtroom. <laughs> I have evidence. I have evidence. And objections. Did you see so, it, Beard? It's quite marvelous. I did not because I'm, I am trying to be very good with my bandwidth right now because I'm being very bad with my bandwidth right now, as I told okay. you in private chat. 
Right. But I'm going to assume that somebody has a lion head that is extremely pixelated inside of his uh, image library because that icon. All right. On the record, on the record, every single icon for Faction Rally's update is great, except New Monarchies. You know why? Because it's pixelated as hell. Whoever decided that was a good idea, I don't know. But oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. uh, The first. I do remember like, seeing it, that. It's, it's not smooth. It is 100% like I could literally count the blocks. <laughs> and as somebody that is like partially like a- as involved in like editing and, and images and so on as I am, the first time I saw it, I thought it was the biggest travesty ever. <laughs> I was like, who let that pass? Who, uh, who thought this was a good idea? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But, you know. I mean. If you're not- if you're into pixel art, that's fine. Yeah, if you're that's into true. Pixel art, well, if you want to make it in Minecraft, you have a template now. <laughs> well, we can maybe, all hear. Maybe all- just. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe, but maybe Bungie should partner with Microsoft and have a <laughs> don't have tip, a Minecraft don't, edition. Don't tip, there don't. we go. <laughs> so you all hear the grizzly bearded cultivator of spin foil himself, beard grizzly. <laughs> so beard, beard needed needed to ask, but um, I'm I'm glad yeah. that we got you away from your new fascination. How are you doing tonight? I don't know tonight? what you're talking about. I don't know what kind of research you're all talking about. I am totally <laughs> not hunting monsters at an impeccable rate. Uh, I am totally not in any regard on some different place that is called Monster Hunter World that they that they have absolutely called the New World. Like, come on. Yeah, all right. Monster Hunter storytelling is really lackluster. <laughs> but when it gets to that point where they just call it the new world. You're not trying, now, guys. To be You're not trying. The place, the, place has, the, the place has the place has this this the, it, the continent is called Astera. So that's fair. But they always refer to it as the new world. Like, why? Anyway. <laughs> I'm done. I'll stop before that's all I ran about for the whole night. Well, um, last week we did ask, or I guess Green asked the community, who would win in a battle between Saint-14 and Osiris? So the responses are in, and the answer is... Green, you want to take it from me? According to Twitter audience and Discord, Saint-14 would win. And I had a few really good uh, responses for it. And this, I grabbed two for Osiris response, two for St. 14 response from Sarca Primus or Sarca Primus. He says, Osiris, cunning and knowledge of your opponent matters. Triggerblade says, even though me and Osiris are both warlocks, Saint took down countless Vex even after they succeeded in taking his light. Arcane Disciple says Saint 14, one word, headbutt, smiley face. <laughs> and then my favorite name I have seen on Twitter in a long time, Chicago Ger. <laughs> it is amazing. It is like combined Chicago and o- Ogre into one word, and it is amazing. I love this name. And he says, as much as I want to support Saint 14, he's probably going to need one hell of a charismatic ghost to edge out Osiris and Sagira. Never count the ghost out. That's a good. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best points that I've seen people make. A lot of them was just like 
Titan cheerleading happen happening, but some people I have think, some really good. I, I love your your comparison <laughs> when you message me and you're like, so personality types are kind of becoming apparent. Yeah. When you when you see all the responses and you see the Titan mains are like, yeah, Titan Saint Saint fourteen. It's like football player, like cheerleader type stuff. <laughs> and then you get the people who are warlock mains are like really into following the warlocks, and they're like, well, well, actually, it goes like this. <laughs> and I saw that all over Twitter, and it's like, guys, guys, can you so? As the only person here that might fit one of those, because <laughs> could we please read mine in order for everybody to understand what it is that I said, so I am not lobbed into the typical, will you see your dear friends? Well, actually, um, let me remind you. Oh, yeah. And it, not everybody was like that, but it was kind of amusing to see both sides of the coin just kind of being prototypical of their character type, which is another question I asked this week, which was kind of fun. But <laughs> that happens actually so often in my discord and elsewhere. And I have to call people on it. Like mm-hmm. so often just the personality traits. I'm like, you are acting extraordinarily like a titan right now <laughs> and i know that there is somebody right now in chat that fits that bill who will deny it initially and then go never mind it's true <laughs> never mind never so mind. at least they it's, know exactly they, at yeah. least they at least they know they understand and let me let me respond real quick before i get a bunch of hate tweets from people sure um i don't mean that warlocks sound like nerds don't take it like that that is just me kind of acting it up a little bit it's more of warlocks like to logically display what they think and titans are just like yeah shacks yeah yeah which is also 100 percent valid and i had some really good arguments from the titan mains too like mm-hmm. saint 14 taking out all the vex and stuff like that so it's me just poking fun a little bit because i'm a hunter and i'm not on the pole so i can poke fun <laughs> a little bit <laughs> Like I, like but I, I said, love you don't, guys. Don't worry, Warlock Mains. I'm right here to display how, uh, <laughs> how right I here. will keep these suckers in, in line. It's now right. listen. Don't worry. Listen, you guys. I will just, um, I will hand them both Ahamkara tooths, send them off on their way, <laughs> and hope and pray to God that they don't come back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> told that Warlock I could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. So, so th- we really appreciate the feedback on that because I'll be honest, it was entertaining. It was I just oh my gosh, so much, so much fun. So we're we're gonna do this week's question to the community is <laughs> I'm really nervous about asking this <laughs> because this is gonna be really, really contentious, possibly. Are uh-huh. the worm gods related to the Ahamkara? Hmm. So, Silence for a little while. I know. So let let that sink in. Yeah, I know. So be sure to sound I've, off on I've, that, and then let us know your thoughts. We'll probably do green. I'm assuming we'll do the same type. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh man. And <laughs> I'm then just, I'm just saying. I already gave my input on that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Already knows how spinfoil I am. Well, I think giving your in like giving your input is a good thing. 
And I think everybody who gave, gave their input on this, and a lot of it is, especially like the Saint-14 versus Osiris, a lot of it is like, yeah. what? who do you think would win? Not necessarily like, ooh, who's in lore still alive type stuff or anything right, like that. Right. So, Warm God's question, there's not a whole lot of lore technically to support it either way, but it would be fun to hear your guys' interpretations. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is by no means like... I don't want to say it's not a serious question, but it, it's it's a question for fun. So I'm gonna say it's far from definitive. This is like me. Uh, this is like me going to Wikipedia to look up a translation of something. Like right. I don't necessarily do it for the academic accuracy. Sometimes I just do it because I I like seeing what other people think. Um, yeah. accuracy, eh? So yeah, but yes, um. As always, we're looking forward to diving into the discussion, and I know that everyone here is as well. We've had a lot of chatter behind the scenes about this this episode, so let's run through our standard intro notes, and then we'll get right into it. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at Saint-14. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed ghost shells. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghost and Echoes, which is a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, This Guardian Life, which is a podcast from the casual Guardian's perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We do also have a non-Destiny-focused podcast, The Enthusiast Life, which is a podcast that discusses a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on work, I mean, worm gods. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at Focus Fire Chat, or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Saint-14 was Titan Vanguard, a slayer of Kells, the enforcer of the Speaker, and quite eccentric. Claiming to have prophetic knowledge of our Guardian, he mustered the strength to continue the fight at six fronts. And, with a single headbutt, he killed the Kell of Devils. His tactics speak of both the brute ferocity of a titan and the self-awareness of a monk. Aim your strike past this moment, into the moment beyond. Then smile as your foe shatters upon your watch. Saint-14 Eccentric as he was, it was in those oddities that his most intriguing aspects dwelled. 
Though admittedly, calling the speaker father is a bit abnormal, even for the most admiring of guardians. One final thought, though. A tale that's different from the rest, the thread unfurls against the clocks. The one the speaker loved the best must have a perfect paradox. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Saint-14, however, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. Well, you, I mean, you guys know what the Lost Lore topic we're going to do for Saint-14, right? Everyone is aware of how we're going to start this off. With utter seriousness and complete sincerity, is Payan a person or a song? Well, I want to just say where the Payan myth came from. Because we have a literal item that is from, well, like, where the idea that Payan is a person came from from d1 do you remember no i've i've honestly blocked that from <laughs> my memory it's mark of the beacon which is one of the there Titan goes marks. there goes pins uh-huh i know pins i <laughs> the I'm lost done. lore i know i it's all I willie's fault this, it's all willie's fault mm-hmm but you know the thing is is like there's a legitimate like tiny 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 tie into the grimoire and the item lore that caused this whole mess and it is mark of the beacon because it said a singer came to me saying you protect me and i do nothing in return i I told him to sing and he understood saint 14 and then we have all the other items with pay to saint 14 as the ending now Willie started this way long ago, and this debate still rages on, which is so, so bizarre to me. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Pence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, I will defend that Payan literally is mean song. But when I was debating this this last week, it's one of those things like there's so many things in this game that are named the literal thing that they are that it theoretically could be a person. And I went down that rabbit hole and now I'm really sad and I can't find my way back out. <laughs> I mean, Pan made a way made his way through Bice video, so obviously it's yeah. a, it's a person, right? Oh man. Like the like- Greek it's Greek for song. That is where it originally it's comes a, it's from. A song, it's a song of praise. Mhm. Apollo whether did it's, that. Yeah, whether it's actually a person in Destiny's universe, I have no idea. But... <sighs> I mean, you can tell I'm really weighing in on this. <laughs> One, my position on, on most of that kind of jargon because of also the stuff with Alpha Lupi. Yeah. Um, don't get me started on that. <laughs> uh, but Payon, I... Yeah, I'm... It's a song. I'm sorry. It is. I I, I can't. 
It, it, I don't know who in their right mind would name their child Pan for one thing. <laughs> um, secondarily, I don't know why this person named Payon would be singing a Payon to Saint Fourteen. <laughs> uh, if they if they really are just a self fulfilling prophecy, then I guess that's perfect for Saint Fourteen because. He is his own self-fulfilling prophecy. This really went a lot deeper than I expected uh-huh. it was going to. There's um, a paradox within this little... Nope, nope, we're done. That's it. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't happening. We're done. Yeah. Done. Nah. <laughs> I just, yeah, so my, my reason it, for bringing I'm it gonna up... Try to get, I'm going to try to get Justin to do the pay-in song, if we can get him on oh. for spin foil tomorrow night. Oh, that would oh no, be no, Beard, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate the pay-in song. Okay. It's more of Justin teasing Willie more than anything. Okay. All right. I think that's a pretty decent lost lore type thing. It's like, what is the lore connected to Saint 14 that you hear us talk about? (laughs) And how we understand every time. (laughs) Right. Unless you know the background. I would be okay if we could be like, so uh, what is the full pay on of Saint 14? I think uh, I think that's more accurate because I would absolutely love to know it. And then, you know, being that there are as many music, uh, music majors or music people involved. uh, Why couldn't we make that into a thing? Like all of a sudden it just turns into 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 somebody at a at a and d convention or something that's just (laughs) sitting there as the bard, just Mm -hmm. just playing, playing on the fiddle like that'd be perfect. Absolutely perfect. That's what I'm going to cosplay as, guys. I'm going to cosplay as Payan for Guardian Con. It's going to oh happen. Oh my god, that's going to happen. I'm not going. I'm going to bring my ukulele. I'm not going anymore. I'm not that's going it. anymore. They can they can keep my forty dollars for the VIP ticket. I'm done. <laughs> oh, and I'm just imagining you like partially drunk. Like, forget it. Forget it. But you've seen me partially drunk, Beard. I know. I helped with it. Now stop. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to keep a straight face. I failed. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I think a good part or a good place to start with Saint 14 in general um, would kind of be a recap of kind of what we know about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've been talking to Green and Beard about this. And I kind of I'm, I'm actually kind of happy because this gives us a chance to to go back to kind of what we started doing with or we started this podcast with. And that's the grimoire, like reading from the from the grimoire, um, you know, looking at what does the text say about this particular character um little known fact it's saint 14 is actually i think the first published episode of focus fire chat was on saint 14 Mm -hmm. so this is a this is a kind of a an interesting episode or topic for us at least so the main the main screwing it up hi well you know whatever none of us are perfect (laughs) um the uh the uh, the main like summary of Saint Fourteen is that we know through the various pieces of the grimoire, which I'll, I'm going to get to in just a second. But we do know that he's a male. He's an exo. 
he's a Titan. And I mean, remember that when we first were introduced to Saint, uh, we didn't have the fall of Osiris webcomic. We didn't have, you know, the gray pigeon and all these entries that we have in destiny Two. We only, we literally only had, we had one card that was absolutely dedicated to him. And then a three other cards that referenced him in a single sentence or even a paragraph like that. That was it. Um, there were a few items, which, I uh, also referenced him. Green mentioned those in the Lost Lore segment. But so we know that he was a male. We know that he was a Titan. It's still pretty safe to assume that he probably was a Defender main, though he does seem to have access to Striker at least. Um, and he, we knew I that he was. Was okay. he a Defender main or was he actually a Striker main? Because a lot of his stuff in D2 talks about Striker S. He talks, he talks about tendencies. the wall too. But well, and I'm going to, I'm going to get to that in just a second because there's, I, I have actually an explanation for that uh, that we found out with uh, the Curse of Osiris DLC and with the Fall of Osiris webcomic that actually explains that very well. Um, so yeah, so we but we do know he was a Titan and we know that he was an Exo because he had the the number at the end of his name. Uh, his big thing in D D one Destiny one that we do know him for is headbutting the house of devil's Kel and killing the house of devil's Kel, which, which is not a small feat. I mean, a Kel is a very large individual and he killed him with a headbutt. Um, and that was Sulkis, not Skolis, which apparently Amazon confused, uh, with their ghost shell. But yes, mm-hmm. Sulkis is the house of devil's Kel and St. 14 killed him with a headbutt. And then it's shortly after that, that he disappears um, and we learned from the Grimoire card, which again, I'm going to get to here in a second, that he was basically sent to track down Osiris by the speaker, but it was also not really publicly it, like stated anywhere. Um, so the question in D1 throughout, throughout D1 was really, you know, what exactly was the fate of St. 14? What, what was this, was the speaker hiding the fa- the fate of St. 14? Because we know that the speaker held a vigil for him. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't know all this stuff. So destiny two actually answered a lot of these questions, which was really nice. Um, the other big thing that we do know is that he was a beloved guardian of the last city and he viewed the darkness as an army of aliens, as a physical, tangible threat. Uh, and that some who followed this view actually even went further and argued that they were brought to that, that force of opposition was brought together by a common thread of their being either shunned or denied by the traveler, which that might actually still be a valid theory given the pyramid ships. But I, I think we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that as well. So that um, that came from the darkness card. If correct. People correct. are wanting to yes. follow along. And I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be linking these in the show notes. I've I've reformatted our show notes on Podbean. Um, iTunes it, it it's hard to transfer these notes over to iTunes because iTunes doesn't like the format that I use on Podbean, but if you want links uh, and my like breakout of all the information that we talk about in the episodes Um, I also am starting to timestamp the different conversation points as best I can. Uh, So all that's going to be on the Podbean site. And all that, it's all linked through our new website, so you can find that that way. But real quick, um, let's go. I mean, this is is a great opportunity to go back to the text, right? Mm -hmm. And so the best best Grimoire card for Saint-14, I I would argue, is the Legend Saint-14 card. Beard or green? Do you guys want to 
Want to grab that? He could feel his light draining. He pulled all of it into one last hope. He reeled back and BAM! His helm found purchase, breaking through just above the Kel's eyes. The ether screamed from his head, and together they fell to the ground. The exo-guardian rose, staggering back. He couldn't take his eyes off the Kel's body. He'd never seen any fallen without a skull withstand a skull puncture, but this was no ordinary fallen. He waited and waited. Ghost, the words barely audible. He heard her flash in, but had a hard time pinning her down. She was buzzing about, surveying the fallen Kel. He's dead, all right. So that's it. We're done now? He removed his helm, tossed it aside, and dropped to his knees. The devils without a Kel. This war was over, at last. They could finally go home. We are. Get me the speaker. Openings channel. Stand by. Is that you, my son? The speaker's voice was filled more with anticipation of news than concern. It is, father. The devil Kel Solkis is dead. This war is over. Such courage and power, the greatest ever to brace these worlds. You bring all us... You bring all of us peace. We will light the final flare, devil red. They will all know what you've done. Father, I don't think I have the energy to return. I'll rest here and come back to be honored when I return. Of course, son, but there is something concerning you? More fallen march on the city? No, not this time. I have word that Osiris was seen on Mercury, the Caloris Basin. He's turned his mind back to the Vex. Mercury? Too many channels to know. You activate one, you start to feed its veins. He threatens our peace. Your duty, my son. You must never forget. I cannot. The ghost killed the feed and waited for its guardian's words. Ghost, prepare my Vex arsenal and plot a course for Mercury. That old man is about to wake up hell. Dun, dun, dun. You know what I love about this card? It sounds like Saint-14 knew about the infinite forest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which kind mm-hmm. of was, which was kind of led to, or kind of conform, confirmed when we found, found him in D2. Yes. Like, he knew, he knew of the forest, but he didn't know, like, necessarily the details of what the forest, like, actually did or how it worked. Because that is what Osiris says in the mission is like, he's like, he doesn't understand, like, he didn't understand that, you know, things can go wrong very easily in the forest. I think he knew more than, than what Osiris gives him credit for, though, because oh, he says yeah. channels to know you activate one, you, you start to feed its veins. I mean, if that's in reference to the forest, he knew a little bit of what was going on and he knew how dangerous, dangerous it could be. Just maybe not how it worked. I mean, it also depends how far we want to start talking about the same 14, the time traveler idea, because mm-hmm. per that point, then he would have given uh, the speaker some kind of background knowledge on what was going on with Mercury. And if he even didn't, then it would have just been, you know, look, speaker, I'm somebody from the future. I know what's going on. Uh, to a uh, to varying degrees, and I can tell you exactly what's going to cause uh, problems for us over the course of time. Uh, and I think that's where 
for scene 14, he would have knowledge of that to a point, which ties back to the same idea with the darkness card where he is able to know that the darkness is a quote unquote fleet, uh, mm-hmm. that it has some kind of designation behind it. Uh, that's where you have to kind of wonder how far that perfect paradox idea goes mm-hmm. uh, and how much our our guardian realistically means to the the legend of Saint-14 with all of that tying back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get quite into the whole time traveler prophecy type seer type person because, I mean, Osiris has prophecies, but Saint-14 kind of also has prophecies without having them written as prophecies. Well, yeah. but I mean, he doesn't that... have a following either. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the other, the other thing that Osiris, I really liked about Osiris is, you know, and this is, this is from D2 future safe, uh, the future safe entry. He actually mm-hmm. says this, he's like the, the tricky thing about prophecies is they change the future they foretell mm-hmm. y- you by, by telling a pro and if it if you actually have the gift of prophecy which you know what arguments aside there if you if you are able to tell the future and you tell a person their future you are going to change that future because you have changed the past of that person right mm-hmm. I, I mean it also de- this kind of goes into depending on what type of universe model is being mm-hmm. discussed here but the 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 idea there is that by giving someone that information, they now have the information that could theoretically make them choose a different path than the information that they had when they chose the original path, which would change Correct. the future. But would they have actually had not been told in that's, the, with the future? I mean, that's, then right. we start which, getting that into goes, the cyclical. That, that goes back into which model of the universe, as far as mm-hmm. time, as far as temporal manipulation, we're talking about. Because if you if you're talking about a fixed model, then it it doesn't matter. It, it actually you're telling them would actually be part what, of the actual would, would actually be what causes that future. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you have a dynamic or a multiverse, then you theoretically could have a fragment fragmentation point that could, you know, have very bad results or it could change. And that's that's also, you know, like your multiverse, you'll, you'll start creating parallel universes. And, you know, and, and so there's there's these these very interesting components within like almost a uh, I don't really want to say it's like a philosophical thing, but it is it is kind of borderlining that. Because of the different theories on how exactly time manipulates itself, like is it mm-hmm. is it linear, is it cyclical, whatever. But I do like that that particular argument from Osiris is because you know if you if by by giving someone information, you are providing them with an impetus to do something, and you could be the catalyst either to change the future unintentionally. Or you could, you could be the self fulfilling prophecy of what you're trying to prevent, right? And that's where, like, as a prophet, that is one of the curses. You know, and you see that a lot in Greek mythology as well. You know, with any of the oracles themselves, they all go insane because they're always trying to dance this very razor thin line between informing people and warning them that hey this is going to be bad 
but you can't actually tell them. And so that's why a lot of oracles in like ancient mythology, that's why a lot of them speak in riddles is because they, they feel this need to inform, but they can't, um, you know, and, and there's, there's instances in which oracles decided to come out and just flat out say something and they were punished by the gods for that. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I do, I do like the argument there that, you know, the other, the other thing that I think we have to keep in mind too, with the whole idea of him knowing or somewhat knowing the future or at least of the future is that if he, did he know that he was going to his death? He, you know, he kind of calls it right. I mean, doesn't doesn't that kind of feel like that's what it is? Because now that puts more weight on the idea of the vex, the uh, what's the vex uh, vex arsenal? Mm. Because I mean, the perfect but- paradox is kind of part of. You know, he it's the it's uh, uh, brother Vance refers to it as an artifact of Saint 14. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you read when you read the entry, it, it kind of that's where that time travel argument comes in. Mm-hmm. So, like, does he know that this is the the final step in his journey? Is it the final step in his journey? I think is even a bigger question, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still of the mind that what we saw was in the future in the infinite forest and whether or not that is the only right, which is a, it's a valid argument. Act. Yeah. Right. Mm. So that's, that's, I'm not completely sold that he's actually dead. The, um, the, the counter argument to that though, and this is, this also kind of ties back into the, how you view the infinite forest. Is it actually changing? Like, is it actually jumping through time or is he's all like all pure simulations? Mm-hmm. Um, because just because, we are in a future simulation doesn't mean that he does not die in the present. Right. The question, the question more for me that I have is, is his corpse a simulation or is that the actual corpse? Right. That's what I'm meaning more. So are we viewing a simulation or are we viewing him actually being kind of, and see, it's just very, to me, there's like a vigil there in itself. Right, I mean, right. That yeah. also plays back into the ideas of what perfect paradox would mean, because Correct. again, he exists but doesn't exist all per the same point. It and also then, depends yeah. how Kyle Reese and John Connor you want to take this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because realistically, if if our guardian had said, "Well, I discovered this shotgun or the parts benounced to it within the infinite forest." Saint fourteen would have known that that is exactly where he was going to die, right? Uh, so that's where you have to kind of start to garner the questions on on time travel. Besides, from a, a completely different standpoint, uh, I just got done watching the old Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> it's just about the same kind of mind screw, right? Uh, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It's but. just it, it, fantastic how many like different interpretations to how time could effectively work out but it comes back to the uh realistically i think the same thing that saint uh, osiris has said uh for his his prophecies realistically uh how much do i how much do i explain because if i tell you too much then do i alter your future uh 
the whole the whole garnered idea behind how Saint Fourteen's demise came about or comes about is not necessarily, I think, dependent on what Osiris has already said, unless Saint Fourteen has already read it and he's like, "Yeah, I know that's about me. I I'm totally okay with that." Mm-hmm. That's the that's the other piece you have to kind of sort of figure out or see how deep it is that he has gone into the 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 cloister that is Osiris prophecies. Well, I mean, uh, it's the pigeon, the gray pigeon ship entry log. It's even worse. Because that's where he says he knows he's not coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. Father, my duty is at its end. I've seen what the city can become. I know you can lead its people to it, to my inspiration. Your final gift to me, I now send back to you. It will be good to see you again. And he, all the D2 stuff is just riddle upon riddle back and forth. But at the same time, you see him saying goodbye to everybody. Yep. Well, so, and that's, that's the beauty of it because he says goodbye to everybody, but he's going to say hello to everybody soon enough too. And that's going to cause even more confusion. For sure. Blue? The the thing that I love about gr- the Gray Pigeon and just Saint Fourteen in general is that yeah. Saint Fourteen is actually one of the few people who exercises a degree of free will in the game. Because if he actually did, I mean, just think about that. If he knew that he was going to to fall in the in the Infinite Forest, he could have chosen to walk away. But he didn't. He chose to take it on, like, he chose to walk into that knowing, like, he made the choice to follow his destiny. And I, and I, I mean, I don't mean that as, as punful as I, as it makes it sound. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, he chose to embrace that. He chose to become the legend of Saint 14, to be, to, you know, become what he was meant to become in order for ultimately our character or you know whatever for that to unfurl and to come into fruition so his choice he he actually exercised free will to a degree in fulfilling a destiny and fulfilling a prophecy about him that he could have not fulfilled which i find it's a really interesting that's another paradox too if you think about it because prophecies technically in in like the historical like really really true to the you know the origin of the concept prophecies are inescapable that it, it it's you know the orpheus you know the uh you have uh, oedipus you have the trojan war you have all these greek prophecies that show it doesn't matter actually uh with like oedipus by trying to escape your prophecy you fulfill your prophecy um you know, and that's that's a lot of a lot of things, and and arguably, you know, that could have been that could have been the case, but we don't know. But we do know that you know, with like the the gray pigeon Lauren tree, the letter back to the speaker, uh, the mention here in Legend of Saint Fourteen of like kind of what he's doing. The uh, you have the new Lauren tree for the helm of Saint Fourteen, which is where you have a conversation between Cade and Shax. Talking about, I love uh, that. Talking about, so well, let's good. just call him Crota's end, you know. Um, you know, it, can it's, we just can we read that one? Because yes, the yeah, ones yeah, yeah, that yeah, I yeah, think yeah, we yeah. should read is like Perfect Paradox and Helm of Saint Fourteen. Because I think both of them, they're they're exactly what we're talking about. They kind right, of give right. you I guess a little my bit point, of the background on it. Right. I guess my point is that I really like. How, oh, <clears throat> excuse me. How this 
this exact line of questioning that you guys are doing right here to me just screams the answer to the question that I've had about destiny is like, do we actually have control over our destiny? St. 14 seems to do that exact. He seems to answer that. And the cool thing, and for me, the cool thing with St. 14 is he kind of does it in the Titan way of like, he doesn't answer it philosophically. He doesn't answer it with like a quip. He just goes out and does it. And he just like, just, he answers the question that is at at like a base level, kind of what is behind the scenes in destiny? Like, is there, is there free will is, do we have the option to make things better? Can we aspire to be better? Saint 14 does. And he he just, you know, he goes out and he does it. So yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you want to jump in, let's see, which one should we read first? If we do the helm, that actually talks about him knowing about us. Yeah, let's okay, let's do let's do um the helm of Saint 14. Do we want to read it as a script or do we want to actually just have somebody read it? Uh I I can do either way. This this is a this is definitely a script. So interesting so interesting note here, real quick before we read this. This is all recorded on a maintenance frame. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else have a problem with that? The fact that maintenance do, frames do, can record are recording? things. We knew that, though. No, no. But like, are they, that maintenance frames are actively recording everything that happens? Like, this is like just confirming the Orwellian feel of this the tower. Yeah. We have right? a Benedict Arnold thought. I mean. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised either, but like, I mean, to me, that was like the biggest thing, like other than the information that we'll get to here in a second. But to me, that was like the biggest thing that stood out. I was like, Oh my God, we're in 1984. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like the speaker is recording everything. I wouldn't say it's even the speaker. Well, I just think there's surveillance everywhere because there's, there's cameras everywhere in the tower. Well, this is also stemming from, the the way that the speaker is presented in Fall of Osiris webcomic. Mm-hmm. He was I he was for that chapter two. Yeah, oh yeah, neither can I, which I'm so oh. so stoked for. But like the presentation of speaker as a very dictator heavy like heavy handed dictatorship authoritarian, you know, like he was I would not put it past him to be tracking everything so that he can squish out smuggling and, you know, anything that he deemed inappropriate, which we see him do in Fall of Osiris by burning all the books. <laughs> like, yep. um, yeah, so let's do, let's do um, script reading. Who wants who? I want Cade. I guess who? I'll take checks. Okay. Audio unavailable. Maintenance frame transcript follows. You know what they say about Titans. They're loud and abrasive. Yeah, just like that car outside. (laughs) The good ones are all dead. You don't know that Saint's dead. The greatest Titan who ever lived just disappeared. Call it a hunch. A generator (sighs) roars. No one ever put down a cow faster than he could. Man, he was a real weirdo. Eccentricity was his strength. Talking about the speaker like you're related to him is eccentric. Claiming he's seen the future, that he fought six fronts fueled on the idea that some guardian savior is coming. That's insane. Belief is a hell of a thing. 
Sure. Yeah. One Guardian's going to fix everything. Kick Crota off the moon. Make it look like us Vanguard know our heads from our hindquarters. <laughs> hey, hey, where are you going? One of the new recruits from old Russia I've had my eyes on. Entering the Crucible for the first time. Hey, maybe they're the one. <laughs> we'll call him Crota's End. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Just cracks me up. Yeah, I love that card. It also, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it also confirms that Kate and Shax are like the buddy buddy, the, the comedic duo, the comedic duo that are like taking bets about each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we got that idea with the uh, the ghost fragment Shax cards where where he uh-huh. had to teach the kids dodgeball, but this I is just like this this. Oh no, I I love, but this just like completely confirms that Kate and Shax are like. They are the two that hang out <laughs> when everything else yeah. is going, when every, everyone else is off somewhere. They're the ones that are like, so, what you doing? <laughs> which, which, I think on they're a side both, note, yeah. completely adds in another layer for Shax. Because you're like, oh, he's just this serious titan this whole time. From an onlooker that doesn't necessarily know what's otherwise going on with his character. Oh, my God. He has so many different ideas and thoughts and philosophies on Titans. And meanwhile, you just think he's going to sit there and like shout about the crucible all day. Meanwhile, that's nothing about what he's about. (laughs) Yeah. He cares about the crucible because he freaking is owning, uh, has like a heavy interest in ownership of it, but it's not the only thing that like revolves around his life. And meanwhile, if you look at somebody like Saint 14 as like a, a comparative, uh, set, for him like oh, it, God, it's yeah. it's total opposite mm-hmm. almost which is it's really like interesting because total opposite to to if you have Shax and saint 14 in the same room Shax is the class clown right mm-hmm. which right. i mean let let that thought sink in for a couple seconds like that's <laughs> like realistically sh- the only thing that they have going for each other or comparatively so is the fact that uh you know they both have dented up helmets and something. <laughs> right. right. You know, I, I think of Shaq's like a sp- sports fanatic. Like yeah. he's making bets just like Kate is, which is why I think they're so buddy, buddy. Oh um, yeah. I would imagine St. 14 thinks that's a somewhat worthwhile venture, but I think saints more like Zavala in that he's like, whatever, do your thing, have fun with it just make sure my guardians don't die in the process type thing, or like don't perma die in the process. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say in the, the strictness you know, to, to bring up the, the crucible a little bit more like this is the time period where, uh, especially Shax has to, you know, fight against the speaker to say, Oh no, I'm having my crucible be a thing. And who is it that ultimately seems like they are responsible for Shaxx pushing himself to the the mm-hmm. last limit to make it happen? Osiris. Mm-hmm. Like this entire idea is born and fueled of this time period. And this is why, like this figure especially, like Saint-14 is so very, very important with the way that uh, he he carries himself especially in counter to somebody like Shaxx. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that it's important to to bring up the the two of them. Well, because... and then also around this, I, I you also have um, Shax was accused of manipulating and being plotting behind the speaker's back, right? <clears throat> which was which was an interesting thing. If you like, current Shax like makes again kind of points to the the fact that these characters are 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 not static figures. You know, they're they're no. dynamic at in everything. Um but okay, so I mean that that goes back into a connection to Perfect Paradox, right? Where mm-hmm. we see so so Saint 14, I mean this again this this just begs the question um do what are what are your guys' thoughts on this? Like do you think that Saint 14 traversed the infinite forest to get Perfect Paradox? Like what what are like how how does this actually play into I guess his his time his timeline as do far I as I think like, there's a really good video you could go and watch on YouTube. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm sure there that, is. Isn't isn't uh, uh doesn't he have like a beard and he talks a lot about spin foil? He does, <laughs> does but he, he also did his, he did I mean, this really he, cool thing about is he like still, is he still doing Destiny stuff? Because I hear that he's doing monster hunting future. stuff now. You you give him a break. <laughs> you give him a break. Sir. Look, I'm already getting it enough from my comments. You're gonna need it from you. See? I'm gonna go cry in a corner now. Am I gonna have to start Bing. calling you Mylan? Um, no. No no. But yeah, Beard's got a really good video on this, I think. Yeah. And I'm interested in hearing your your basically a, a summary of said video and your perspective on this because that's kind of what you went into. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, we're talking about the Saint of the Future one, right? Yes. <laughs> Beard's like, wait, 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 hang on. Which <laughs> one? Before I, before I, I start really, summarizing, <laughs> I was really hoping so. All right. <laughs> so first off, let me let me let me channel the power of love here. Wait, that's the wrong franchise. Um, <laughs> The, the biggest thing that effectively drove me nuts about Perfect Paradox and the lore tab itself, which, you know what, we, we said we were going to read it. I think now's a great time. Uh, yeah. I'm going to snag it here. Sure. <clears throat> I never found Osiris, but I've killed enough Vex to end a war, and they, in turn, struck a fatal blow. They completed a mind with the sole function to drain the light from me. It worked very well. Don't worry, not that you worry much. It took them centuries to build, keyed to the unique frequency of my light, and I sit atop its shattered husk. I mourn that I will never reach the heights you have. To me, you present everything a guardian can become. Yours is a thriving city, so different from mine. My whole fourteenth life I fought to make my city yours. I never finished. All I have left is this weapon. The Cryptarchs say you crafted it yourself, built it out of scraps and light and sheer will inside the infinite forge. I'll make sure it finds its way back to you. When you gave it to me, I swore I would make it my duty to follow your example. I'm still trying. St. Fourteen. The biggest thing about this 
it uh my entire theory was effectively like built from the biggest points on this lore tab it's the fact that saint 14 is talking to somebody but the somebody effectively is either mistakenly us like we were the ones that ended up jumping into this thing or uh and and finding the parts for it or we are the ones that it was absolutely meant for so going with the theory and effectively the ideas that it was meant for us, this again ties back to the idea of how much of a Kyle Reese or John Connor do you want to really make this? Uh, as I've as I've already said earlier in the show, like the whole concept of what we ended up doing with the gun, we ended up finding it in pieces, but I think that's just because of use. And because of the fact that the thing is just worn down more than anything, we ended up forging it out of the, uh, out of the infinite forge. But that means that St. 14 also had it previously. Mm -hmm. Like we, he had scrap. We also still have the fact that the, uh, gun is marked with the 14 logo which consistently tells me that he had branded it for himself uh, or is a product of the uh, the use that Saint-14 had on the thing. Uh, so there are, th those are at least the two conclusions. Either for me, it was done and over with, uh, and it was either supposed to be given to somebody else, uh, the, the gun, or it was absolutely meant for us. And if it was meant for us, again, this is why I think it is just that idea tying back to that paradox where Saint-14 will live again, but not just yet. And we have yet to meet his ghost where she can say some things. Mm -hmm. That's the other really funny thing is if if this is the case, is that ghost still around? Are they searching for Saint-14's body? Because, uh, ugh. Is Saint Fourteen's that, body alone. not been risen yet? Exactly. You know, you gotta you gotta figure how far along that would go, and even then, like, is there is there another another thing that kind of like ties back to uh, to like what we as a guardian were or how we handled? Uh, what what I mean by that? Did is there some other reason that Saint Fourteen is fairly indebted to us for you know being such a big figure to him or is it literally just that our guardian was that important to the age of the city uh and even then like us knowing now what uh i'll i'll play this back to like a planet of the ape style idea again us knowing now what happens to saint 14 what are we going to do when we meet him Mm -hmm. Because the same thing can happen again with the uh, John Connor, Kyle Reese uh, segments where he uh, Kyle Reese goes back in time and now John Connor basically finds Kyle Reese and he's like, well, I know what happens to you, but I really can't say a thing, but I know exactly what's going to go on and you're kind of important back in my time. Uh, and the same thing would happen with with Caesar in Planet of the Apes like he's that important to the apes and he's otherwise not able to necessarily explain to the rest of his people now like how how the world's going to end 
Uh, all because at this point, it's like, if I give this away, going back towards the ideas again of, uh, you know, Saint For- or Osiris, if I give this away, is it going to deter anything or is it going to make it worse? Is it going to be something completely different? You know, what else can I do? Yeah. All, all this time travel stuff, it's just like, oh, my head. I'm going to say to to perceive time travel in your mind alone is one of the toughest things, I think, to do. And even then, the unfortunate part is everything that we have is completely theoretical to begin with. Right. Uh, this is there. There's more behind what we have with the time travel within Destiny uh, than just, of course, what Saint 14 has. But he's mm-hmm. the one between him and as as Blue just said here too, with the stranger, both of those are extremely interlinked to the ideas of absolute time travel. Mm-hmm. But they're the only two that I could really say. Saint fourteen being a a very tentative argument with what they presented us with so far. But the stranger showcasing that time travel is a true thing, and Rasputin acknowledging that it is a true thing. These are the points where I still sit back and go, there's a lot of reasoning to think that St. 14 uh, is, is very much a time traveler in one regard or another. Uh, also the fact that, you know, if we really want to go with the, uh, what, what is it? Uh, if we really want to go with the, the Kyle Reese, John Connor argument, if it is something similar to like Terminator, uh, mm-hmm. the the absolute fact that you can't have uh, any any uh, actual biological material go back and what are <laughs> exos? <laughs> Blue, do you want to go first? Well, I was just gonna say, like, so real quick within, um, so a couple couple things uh, within like the Terminator, the primary Terminator movie, and I'm I guess my question there is when you when you reference the Kyle Reese john connor thing are you talking about the like which which terminator are you talking about because there are uh, different models and different ones which is why well, that series I'll, is so annoying can i can i just say the only one that matters which is the first one okay okay the, okay yeah 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 okay so uh, fixed fixed timeline it's not yeah, a, it's not a multiverse and, timeline which and now okay so like not terminator 2 and 3 and all the atrocities that came after except for yeah, a couple of the series gonna, well, I I do like two. I like right, the, yeah, yeah. Ideas that come but like from a story, it, but the storyline for the it, original, where it was supposed to end with number two. That's oh, okay, the, okay. the place where I kind of figure that everything would go along. Where if we go ahead and include T three, T three was the abomination that wasn't yeah, supposed that's to necessarily just... happen. Uh, right. And then you ended up getting salvation in Genesis. And again, I I kind of link back to the idea that no, I, I I think that one and two are the perfect setups to showcase it. And, and again, this kind of comes back to Back to the Future. One was the best place to have left it, and then you had two and three, and it kind of screwed it up. Yeah. Well, and like so, like the interesting thing for me is that there is. When I when I read, like, just kind of going back to the concept of time travel within Destiny, um, 
you you have like these predominant figures and i'd almost argue that Coria itself is actually almost arguably possibly doing time travel with the entire situation <laughs> with the ecumen right i mean right because like it's it's like instinct instinct itself into a ecumen time gate or time, uh, ecumen network gate and pulling information from it with the ecumen are completely destroyed so like how how is it doing that um, but like with the stranger, sh- the stranger never comes out and says time. Like she always calls it stepping, which kind of yes. makes me think of a, like a more of a multiverse model. But then with the mm-hmm. Saint 14 situation, this seems like a much more fixed timeline. Like, yes, you're at point a or sorry, you're at point C, you go back to point a and we're at point B. So our mm-hmm. present, our present, how am I going to say this? Saints, he's a Merlin character, right? He's aging mm-hmm. backwards. Kind of, well, he's not aging, but he's he's living kind of backwards. Like his right. past is our future and our future is his past. Our past right. is his future. Like he's he's juxtaposed in our in our our situation. Whereas with like the stranger I don't know if the stranger is actually traveling through time or if she's hopping universes. Which that's where, but that's where I've, it gets really weird because then that begs the question: Is she, or is she just exploring the infinite forest? I'm going to say that's where you know the the different possibilities kind of ensue. But if that were the case, and she were exploring the infinite forest, she wouldn't necessarily know precisely what's going on with the shard and stuff like that. That's true because they that's, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to simulate the light. That's a fair point. Yeah. That, that would at least be the only thing that I think would stop me from thinking. That no, that's, far. that's a valid, that's and, a valid argument because I forgot that she did have experience with, cause she, she knows what light is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah she, no, that's she a, that's knows a valid point. between the two points. I mean, she she can and Green. I know you have something to add. I'll I'll mm-hmm. let you go here soon. Um, go for it. The only piece, uh, otherwise, that really kind of makes me think it's more uh, time travel related, if nothing else, to come back to the device for FWC uh, being some kind of like changed over instant. Th- uh, not not that. Uh, not uh, that word. Like an, um, uh, an instance of the Infinite Forest. It's sort of, but like uh, a, because a, it is. Oh god! It no, is they, able they to build. That. It's a viewing. It, it is able to like, yeah. It it is able to see like what is going on. It is able to to kind of tell you what it is that had happened uh, w- without necessarily possibly being there, but it still obviously affects the stranger in some ways because she says, "Let's never go here again." Mm-hmm. Stuff of that nature kind of at least showcases that she is uh, in some way possibly affected by it. Uh, and one of the only other biggest points, and now I forget exactly what it was I was going to say. The the reason that I still think that there is something with time and the stranger actually comes back to one of the other Rasputin cards where he talks, uh, it, it's about uh, Tatanamaki, uh, I, mm-hmm, I believe, mm-hmm. which I think is Rasputin for. Without reading the card, because it is, again, a very long one, it does summate uh, almost seemingly future events, 
where he wants to stop those events from happening. And that's where, in some regards, where if, if, and this is a, this is a heavy theory of mine that's absolute spin foil. If we have Rasputin link with us in DLC 2, this gives all predilection to continuously start to think that if him and the stranger were working together, they may have some manner to start to work with and control time at that point. And mm-hmm. Rasputin would have some more ideas of what needs to be done. And now he has the feeling that he needs to step in. But again, that is all derivative of what happens with DLC two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now at this point, green, I am sorry, but that's uh, I'm, no, I'm done. <laughs> you're good. Mine is a completely different tangent off of this card because it, brings up a question that we've kind of debated last week. The fact that the mind channeled, like focused in on St. 14 specific light frequency. Right. That is a big thing. Knowing that each guardian has a slightly different frequency, Mm -hmm. which would beg the question, are ghosts looking for, specific frequency itself now that mm. i don't know i'm not saying that the ghost is looking for one person no i i, I, I don't saying, i don't necessarily i i guess i don't disagree a hundred percent with that i just would also counter it that again there is there is a conversation between the ghost and the guardian before the guardian is resurrected so like i would right, say that I'm, i i think that like guardians might resonate at certain frequency like ranges maybe i'm saying our light our light is a different frequency from another guardian so if our light is different frequency and and the vex have figured out a way to key into it granted it's just this one mind that we know of that begs the question yes they cannot simulate it yet but they're learning about it meanwhile now, now this goes to a different realm, but still in the same kind of idea. Does the resonance of light between two guardians hamper something or differentiate something with personality in that same kind of idea? Uh, and what I mean by that, the 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 thought where you know a titan is a titan because they like to punch something is it now because of a you know a guardian's light that they are or a, a guardian's frequency after revival or even during death while they're they're lightborn so on that that happens or not mm. i don't know and I'm thinking, yeah. I think I'm thinking out loud here more than anything. Sorry. Well, right. no, I mean, yeah. like, it's kind of, it kind of falls into, like, the law of vibration, right? You know, like, everything, right. everything has, like, a certain, like, you know, anything with a cell structure basically vibrates at a certain frequency. Yeah. Tuning fork. Tuning yeah. fork. Yeah, idea exactly, entirely. exactly. I guess my, my counter argument, and I don't, it's not really a counter argument. I think it's just, like, a point of my clarification here is that the the light of a particular guardian i think i i'm not surprised that the manifestation of that light 
vibrates or is at a frequency that is unique to that individual. I would argue that light itself is probably not vibrate. Like I don't, but anyways, that's, can I clarify this in a way that's going to be easier? It's like instruments, right? You, you put sound waves, you put air through a trumpet and it vibrates at a very high, um, tone. It has a very high timbre is the technical term because it's very high frequencies that you hear mostly mm-hmm. it it's the same air going through it it's being expounded that way and you're technically hearing the same note on a trumpet as you do on a french horn but they sound completely different right. it's the timbre that's coming off of right. it right and and also though each trumpet has its own unique right variation of that so you can actually see test of this. Um, there's different sound universities that mm-hmm. they will they will actually map out all the different harmonics and what volume really level cool. those harmonics it's are so actually cool. resonating at. Yeah, it's, it's it's very very cool. I'm actually really cool. doing a lot of research in that right now for an article I'm working on. The science um, of sound is just astounding. It's it's, it's amazing. amazing. But I guess my my. I don't, and I don't, I hesitate to even say it's an argument because it's really not an argument. But I think the, I, I like the idea that like ghosts are like tuning forks, right? And like they're, they're searching for something along in, in the same um, range or whatever. I, Green, correct me there if I'm misusing that term. But like they're searching for something within the same like range of, of frequencies that they are attuned to. But there is still, there is still something to be said that there is a decision on the guardians or on the deceased part to decide to come back. So like just because a ghost finds someone who's like a perfect, perfect resonance, right? Say a ghost finds someone who is a hundred um, percent match that, oh, you that mean like locked inside of a sleeping capsule and decides it, not to come out of it. Well, we don't know if he was a perfect match, but, Yes, let's use <laughs> let's use that pod, let's use pod 10, 10120201 as an example. The ghost ghost had a a compatible frequency with that individual. But that individual was like, "Nope, I'm good. Thanks. I'm going to keep okay. sleeping." But here's here's my biggest thing. I don't think it's like a match from ghost to ghost. I think a ghost is looking for an instrument an instrument it can actually play. Now, I'm granted, I'm using this analogy and going probably too far with it, but it makes sense to me. He's, I'm it's, following. right, no, I'm, he's I'm, looking, I'm, you know my personal theory on one of these. Right, and <laughs> and both of you, both of you are musicians, so it's easy for, easier for you to follow, and I, I would say most people can follow this too. A ghost is looking for an instrument that can actually be played. It doesn't matter if that instrument is a bassoon or a tuba. Well, they're looking for something that can theoretically be played. Now, granted, I it they're not going to look at things that don't have any capability of being mm-hmm, played. Mm-hmm. They're looking for things that are possible instruments. And I guess, uh, Beard, just real quick. Sorry, I'm going <laughs> to jump in here. I, I think my my question there is then using using that analogy. Would you would you also agree that a ghost is going to not just be looking for an instrument, but is looking for a particular genre of instruments? Like a ghost might be a trumpet player, but not a trombone player. 
Because who wants to be a trombone player? I um, mean, right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I- no. yes. I'm a trumpet player, so I'm going I'm yes. to make fun of the trombone players. But, why but I mean, you like, be a saxophone player? Oh, don't. Anyway. Uh, uh. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, God. we got two saxophone oh, players right Jesus. here, man. Jesus. <laughs> Saxes are but, uh, weird. But yeah, like, I mean, right. Slowly. But I mean, but right. So like, could you, I mean, would you also agree though, that a ghost would be inter like, yes, the different trumpets are going to be different. Like, you know, depending on the, the, the materials that the trumpet's made of, obviously that's, that's mm-hmm. impacting that. But the ghost is not going to be, if a ghost is looking for a trumpet, they're not going to pick a tuba right. or they're not, or let's even go further. Well, they're not going to pick okay. a percussion instrument if they're looking for a trumpet. So I, th- I actually think and this is actually going to go along with one of the articles you're working on that I'm helping with. I think, it, yes, they're looking for a, a particular paradigm. Right. They're yes. looking for a particular personality. And I've had this personality talk with many, many different music teachers, and it still applies. Trumpet players oh, oh, to have a specific... <laughs> Trumpet players have a specific personality. Saxophone <laughs> players tend to have a specific personality. And Absolutely. flute players and tubas and oboes there's stereotypes for a reason yep. for some of these guys. Now, granted, there's always an outlier. They're not going to be a hundred percent, the stereotype, but do you pick the instrument because of your personality or does the instrument kind of mold your personality, which is back to the question. Well, that's yeah, that that's a chicken. That's a chicken and the egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, and I mean, to, yeah. to tie off of that real fast, if you look at, uh, if you look at the outliers, and this isn't necessarily what I wanted to chime in on, but the ideas of like the Titans, you get a Wei Ning and then you get the Firebreak Titans, which are clearly a little bit more philosophical than you would typically have a Wei Ning, which is just, I'm going to punch a mountain. So you have those outliers that kind of exist, but yet you still have a majority of Titans from what we've read and seen that don't necessarily fit the bill. But then you have the typical stereotypes that do. You have the warlocks that follow the uh, follow the the ideas of truth, like everywhere that they can go. But then you end up getting somebody that's just like one hundred percent into the idea of like. I, let's take Ariana three as an example. She's a little bit more braced onto the ideas of vengeance, which is more of what I would consider either a Titan or a hunter trait. Embrace the practic bit, fire. Embrace it. Yeah. And, and you would have uh Tycho three that would fit that bill as well. Right. You know, well, Tycho, Tycho, I don't think Tycho was as, as enthusiastic about it as Ariana seemed to be. Well, I don't she, know. Well, she, she definitely was like, you know what? Never mind. I've got a thing here. Embrace the fire. I'm going to say she did the same exact thing. <laughs> praise it. Um, praise, praise the Praxic fire. Praise the Praxic fire. <laughs> it's like praise the sun. For I know. Uh-huh. I swear to God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so the thing I was going to chime in on, actually, if you guys don't mind me hijacking a no, little bit. Go for it, go um, the So we're, we're stuck on the ideas of resonance. Green knows about this one already and i hate the fact that i missed last week's episode but i'm gonna chime in on this just a little bit i excited all right so the the ideas behind a ghost uh 
we 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 say that it's like a resonance, like the ideas of a of an instrument or something similar to it. Uh, let's flip it a second, because what is it that the uh, that Gaul, the console, and a few others have already called the traveler as a whole? Well, they've effectively said that it's a little bit closer to a machine. Now, if following along those guidelines, the traveler did in fact resurrect Ghost. No, he didn't. Uh, you effectively have this uh, different idea and concept to kind of go with a ghost. Now, take away the idea that it's a resonance of light. Now add in the fact that it's a resonance of a computer program. Little different. Because we also know for a fact that Rasputin is able to actually interface with ghosts. We also know that they are affected by some of our Golden Age technology that we have, be it SIVA or otherwise. Now, both of these things are, and, you know, Rasputin, Siva, so on, these are also instanced between light to some regard. Uh, they are manufactured by light to some regard. But when all is said and done, a ghost can be impacted by them, which means they are not at the traveler's level of possibility with machino form, life forms, whatever have you. Uh, that's where I would just like to at least kind of interject that idea or or that concept where it is more of a, you know, go ghosts are uh, not necessarily a resonance of light, but more just a, a resonance of a computer program where that guardian can still fit through it. Uh, speaking of uh, Praxic Fire, the uh, the heart of Praxic Fire, what, what is it? It's a computer code. You're reducing everything down to math? What? Uh -huh, uh -huh. How dare you? I How know. dare you, good sir? Look look at me, going along with the mathematics and everything. All Pythagoras, the math. Pythagoras would be proud. You know, Pythagoras is a pretty important guy. Yeah, he is, except for, you know, Common Core being wanting to get rid of him. What? I'm not bringing anything else into this. What are you talking about? I'm sorry. <laughs> no politics, please. No That's, politics. It's not politics. That's common sense. It's common court. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, yes, just my just my side of the coin. Uh, just to to present that out there, little little spin foil theory for for you all on that one, Yay. which I will hopefully get to actually developing sooner rather than later. I need to. You need to read my my thing. Anyway, I, that's. that's I know. I know. I, I gotta. I gotta read a lot of things that I've all the things been you know timed out for for the last. Yeah, timed out. My computer program died on Monster the last Hunter. like three weeks. No, Monster it isn't Monster Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> Look, no, 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 we no. Lost him. But Monster we lost Hunter, him. <laughs> monster, the true, the true monster of the last three weeks is depression, kids. Yeah, I hear you on stuff like that. Ah. <sighs> But okay. On that note, let's can we shove back into Saint Fourteen Land a little bit because we mm -hmm. we did tangent quite a ways. Well, I don't I don't necessarily think that we did because realistically, it still kind of follows into the same idea of like where Saint Fourteen is kind of coming from with with everything that he's developed. the The concepts of what Rasputin is able to interface with on a ghost. Mm -hmm. If that is part of the reason why he is able to backtrack and and uh, that same 14 is able to backtrack 
is because Rasputin is able to interface with the ghost. That's extremely important to the ideas of uh, time travel on Saint-14's end. So by by all accounts, I don't think we went anywhere. I think we're still on Saint-14 entirely. Nice, nice. Yes. Here's a just question. To, just to bring it back to the Shire a little bit. Yes. It just, it could be interpreted that we got away from it, but you know, if That's it relates to fill back, it in. Yeah. It's just a par- paradox. We're going to come right back around. Yeah, look at that. Here's a question, though. With cool. the perfect paradox mission and going in and seeing the mountains of Vex and knowing that Saint actually wrote part of that card while being having his light completely drained from him past tense, but he's writing it in present tense and it's the paradox of the paradox card. Mm. I don't think it's a paradox that he's already gone, but he's writing it. No, his light was drained. He wasn't gone. Where's his ghost? That answers the question. What happened at the beginning of the destiny two campaign? We had our light drained. What happened to our ghost? It got jacked up. So if he's in the middle of a war scenario and he gets his light drained, that doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to die, but he's not able to resurrect. So he, (laughs) he was facing his final death and his ghost could have been damaged. Hmm. Point of order though. If the ghost is, if the ghost ghost is just drained, the ghost would have to be completely severed from him. Mm hmm and demolished or drained completely itself while he's being drained. Not like the ghost. No. no. I mean, look at Phil Winter and Catan. It had to be separated from them then. Well, Phil Winter didn't separate Catan's ghost. He just shotgunned it. I mean, right. I guess that's, I guess that's separating that's it, what, but I mean, right. I'm just saying he'd, but I mean, he couldn't like, be anywhere around. Well, but I mean, because what I'm saying is like you just because we didn't, well, ignoring the fact that there are no dead ghosts in Destiny 2, um, which that would have been the perfect place for a dead ghost to be uh, yeah. because it would make the perfect sense. But, you know, like, let's say that let's just kind of try to explain that in a lore mechanic. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It could have been it could have been shotgunned or the equivalent of a shotgun. Right by a vex and we don't see it because well we can't see the you know the microscopic pieces or it's right. lost well, in the thousands of bodies of vex what i'm saying is that saint's ghost could not have survived i don't because i don't we, think so because we we can still recharge our super and stuff our ghost is still able to if we're, if the ghost is like a receiver amplifier of light to us Saint would still be able to receive the light from the traveler in the infinite forest because we can. Uh, uh, well, you see where I'm but, going with this? No, I do, but this is also arguing that they did not make a unique blocker similar to what Gaul did to the traveler for Saint 14. That's just. That's a lot of assumptions, both directions. No, it is. It's true. But I mean, but that is kind of what he said is that they made the Vex mine that was specifically designed to drain his light. 
Like that was the point Could of the Vex mine was just to drain it. But if it's just draining it, wouldn't it just keep taking the light from the traveler? Because the ghost would be filter- filtering the light from the traveler to Saint. Mm-hmm. But I mean, could- effectively. I'm oh, sorry, Beard. Go for it. Oh, it's okay. Could could we take it the other way with the Crota Fire team? Speaking of Ariana Three, mm-hmm. where it was something the the thing with Gull, the the shield around the traveler. I've always interpreted as they questioned the hive, gathered information on it, and the hive were able to create something that at least over time started to drain the light uh, from the the ghost that was there. Whereas the separation from ghost and traveler is instantaneous in how Gaul placed the shield directly over the conduit to get to the focus to get to us. Mm-hmm. It's a little different in, in that aspect. My argument on any of these circumstances, at least, has always been that your ghost is a retainer of light to a point where I think eventually our ghost probably would have lost even the ability to heal us after a certain point in time Mm -hmm. uh, where they were just cut off from the, the traveler for that long. Now, they were also above ground. They were also away from a source of hive magic. So we don't necessarily know how long that may have been. Uh, it, all, all the same, though, I'll I'll go with a, a counterpoint too on the whereabouts on Saint Fourteen's ghost. Maybe it is still existing somewhere in the Infinite Forest, and Saint just overextended himself, got shot, got killed in the wrong manner, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or his ghost did completely fizzle out with the ability to actually uh, retain the light as as it was. And that was post being drained. But again, most of this, I, th- I think most of those, most of those ideas of like light draining and everything kind of tie back to the Crota Fire team, at least mm-hmm. to show that we hang on to it for a point. And then after a certain degree, it seems to fizzle. Uh, and there's, there's just no more that the, the ghost is able to, to hold anymore. Uh, cause they, they say how the ghosts are basically like draining of their light. My go- uh, Ariana, I think the almost exact quote is like, my ghost only has so much to revive me like one more time and it's done. Like mm-hmm. they can, they can feel that kind of uh, pressure. That's basically like leaving their ghost in, in that idea. But it's here's, just uh, another way. Here's another question. Mm-hmm. What if Saint was killed during the red war? Mm-hmm. While the traveler was all tied up. Mm-hmm. Oh, what if the the Vex didn't even do anything? Right. And realistically, it was just because he got cut off. Ha! Never even thought of that. Or here, but the other thing that that leads to is what happened with Sagira and Osiris during the Red War. Yeah. Were they even affected? Or, or was Sagira already cast out from Osiris at that point? Yeah, like, we don't know when that happened. Yeah, because we were cut off from Mercury for a very long time as it was, and then all of a sudden the uh, the the disciples of Osiris find Sagira 
and they have to physically like go over to Icor and be like, ah, uh, we found this. We don't know how long it's been there, but we found mm-hmm. this. But yeah, that's that's another that's another timing questions. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's the problem when you start dealing with time. You don't know if it's been thousands of years that all of that has been sitting there, or if it's been two days. Right. What if it's both? What if it's both? <sighs> what if it's that perfect? Because paradox? because time is relative. Yes. If we want to talk about physics. <laughs> <laughs> we did math, we did music, we can do physics. Uh, Let's do science. Nah, we don't need to. It's actually it's special relativity is super easy. General relativity, not so much. Yeah. Is Saint Fourteen truly dead? We did kind of talk about that. We did we did kind of talk about that. Um I do I do kind of want to circle around with some of the updates from Destiny 2. Uh so just like to kind of recap on those a little bit. Um if you guys don't mind because one of the Absolutely. biggest things that we learned is that uh Saint was actually the original Titan Vanguard mentor. However, he was not the Vanguard commander. I keep seeing this like comment floating out there and it like is kind of aggravating. Osiris was the original commander and then it went to Zavala. That's, that's how the command, the commander is so like, just to clarify for everyone, um, there's a difference <laughs> between the Vanguard commander and the Vanguard mentors. Um, the mentors are kind of responsible for those particular classes. So you have one mentor for each class. We all know this. Um, but the the understanding is that one of those mentors is also identified as the Vanguard commander. And the purpose of the Vanguard commander is literally to command the forces of the Vanguard on the field mm-hmm. of battle. Which is why Osiris got in so much trouble when he didn't show up for battles. Because it's... And well, and meetings, but more importantly, the battles, because like you, can't, you, you can't really have a war when your general doesn't show up, um, which is why the speaker was so mad in the fall of Osiris comic. This is why the speaker was a little irate that Ikora was the only warlock that was it present for the Vanguard thing. Um, so the original the original Vanguard cut mentors were Saint-14 for the Titans, Osiris for the Warlocks, and then Tallulah Fairwind for the Hunters. Now, we don't know how many Hunter mentors there there have been, because... 20 million. Yeah, they, they kind of come and go. Um, hunters don't really ascribe to stationary life very well. Uh, and this is where you see Zavala mentioning the, the Vanguard Dare, which is actually specifically designed... To basically trick a hunter into staying in the tower to be the vanguard mentor, because as as tricksies as the hunters are, they will honor bets. Like they, there is there is honor among thieves, I guess, if you will, in that regard. So if they make the vanguard dare and they lose the dare, then they're they've basically been stuck with being the vanguard mentor until they basically can trick another hunter into taking the vanguard dare and <laughs> passing it on. Um, Shiro's next. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. I can totally see Cade tricking Shiro into doing that. 
Uh, so question in chat, when did Saladin, Saladin become a Vanguard then? I, I don't Sal- think he ever Saladin did. Saladin was never a Vanguard. Uh, I, my personal take on that, when I saw it in the comic, uh, I kind of saw him as more of like a, a consultant more than anything. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he was a, oh, sorry, go green. I mean, in the Iron Banner rep card... They t- he talks about, or it's talked about, saying that he was the mentor. Um, essential mentor for Zavala and Shax. Yep. Not necessarily that he was the vanguard, because there might, t- back then, there might not have been much of a vanguard at that point. Well, no, because we, we learn from, so there, the the fall of Osiris, you see the the vanguard trio, right? You have Osiris, mm-hmm. Saint-14, and... Well, at that time, it was Andal. So Tallulah was already out. Like, she had already been like, peace, I'm done. And they had already roped Andal in. Um, Andal was the one who basically was the predecessor to Cade. So we already had a change in the Vanguard at that point. But the the mentions of uh, Brother Vance in, oh, I can't remember... The de- the definite hi- the definitive history of Osiris, which is the best. Mm-hmm. I, I want that book. Yeah. But the definitive history of Osiris by Brother Vance, um, which is quoted in Garden Progeny One, uh, mm-hmm. s- specifically calls out that the creation of the Vanguard. Now, Brant, uh, Vance has an ulterior motive here because he he's pointing out that the speaker is using this for a, for nefarious Bias. purposes. Right. Bias. He's biased. He's he's completely biased. Well, and and given that we see the fall of Osiris, the speaker, I I don't know how inaccurate he actually is but there is a bias there but he he specifically says that the vanguard was initially created with saint 14 osiris and tallulah or tallulah yeah tallulah tallulah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so those before those three there was no vanguard so salad and i, I think this is where i kind of get a little pushy on the pushing back is Saladin was a mentor to Zavala and Shax. He was not a vanguard mentor. It's just like Fellwinter and what's his name Nerwin. was Nerwin. mentor. Nerwin were mentors yeah. to Osiris. To Osiris. Well, and that goes along with the whole idea of of the Iron Lords. The Iron Lords were right. our predecessors, right? Mm-hmm. And even though their their teachings, their ideas have still kind of culminated to what it is that we effectively now have today their skills their ideas and so on were still passed down to us but i think that almost made it to the point where now now that's where you could kind of argue though like did the the speaker kind of say well you guys are kind of of a wartime we need somebody that has your abilities but still fits this mm-hmm. or is it something where they ended up saying we don't necessarily want to be a part of this anymore because we don't necessarily agree with what's going on. We're still going to hold what we have. Uh, and, and I don't think it was so much that second part. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of going with extremes, but I mm-hmm. think somewhere in the middle is about where that would happen. Plus, you know, Siva kind of killed most of them. <laughs> Yeah, there's that little little factoid. There's, there's, there's that little problem, you know. Um, but but the fact that like uh, Nerwin and just to, just to kind of piggyback off of that real fast, the pack, uh, fact that Nerwin and uh, uh, Felwinter had taught Osiris 
Like, I think that kind of explains a few things. Like, it just... I'm thinking about, like, how crazy both of those kind of were, and then how it all kind of fit together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I guess kind of... And and going off what you were just kind of saying, and then kind of summarizing the whole confusion with Saladin, too. So... um, I, I I might have a I might have an answer to people because Saladin or not yeah Saladin is often referred to as basically the commander of the city's defenses for a period of time, especially during like Twilight Gap in that period. Well, what's the period of time that their vanguard commander is missing? It's it's that time. Like Osiris was out of the picture. He he was he was leaving the city open to attack to explore the infinite forest, which is why we have the issue with the speaker being pissed at him. So you have Osiris originally as the Vanguard commander because of his actions at the battle of six fronts. Osiris, after being instituted as the Vanguard commander goes off on his own. So that leaves the city without a Vanguard commander and technically without a warlock Vanguard mentor, which is where Ikora starts stepping up. Well, Mm -hmm. Ikora steps up to be a mentor but Ikora doesn't have the experience to be a commander. And Saint-14, I, for whatever reason, Saint-14 probably turned it down. Or maybe Saint-14's already on his crusade against the Fallen and doesn't have time. But in the Hunters, you know, I mean, I love Hunters, but they're not really Vanguard commanders. They're not, they're not the generals. They're squad leaders, but they're not generals. And so what happens is they don't have a Zavala at this point. So he gives he that that role needs to be filled because they are in the middle of a war with the fallen. So yes, Saladin kind of steps into the the role of the commander of the city's defenses, but he's not the he's not related to the vanguard in the sense of being a vanguard commander. And then when Osiris gets kind of banished Ikora steps into vanguard mentor uh saint 14 is sent after osiris so that means that they have to fill a vanguard mentor for the titans which brings us to zavala and that also zavala probably is a better commander than possibly saint 14 i don't we don't know because we never really see saint 14 operate on a large scale like the, the commander would. the closest the closest we get is twilight gap or no not quite twilight uh six fronts when he right, but, continu- I mean, the, continues to fight, like you don't get any strategy from it. But. Right. And I mean, there's the argument there that he's associated with firebreak, you know, mm-hmm. and the firebreak were the ones who broke order. Which would not surprise me because it sounded like he blindly continued to fight. Right. Based off of this hope alone. Well, there's that. And then there's there's a couple parallels between firebreak armor and headbutts. All the headbutts. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a very very thin connection, but there is a uh, I think it's Ariant. The Ariant helm talks about when you land the headbutt, make sure the the trick isn't landing the headbutt; it's learning how to disengage or something like that. It's a really kind of funny little flavor text, but it, but that's kind of the progression of the vanguard. Is like you you originally had this like powerful trio. And the hunters are always kind of been their own thing. So they're trying to take them out of the picture for, for this conversation. So you have the Titans and the Warlocks. The Warlock event, the, the original Warlock was the commander. And the Titan was Saint-14. Well, then the commander gets, the commander gets basically exiled. So you don't have a, you don't have a commander or a mentor. 
Well, the Titan mentor is a sent is basically assigned to go hunt down the warlock mentor who has been exiled. So now you don't have a, a Titan mentor. So you replace the mentor with the warlocks with Ikora, who is a student, not a commander. And you replace the Titans with Zavala, who is a warrior who was trained directly by Saladin. So it does make sense that Zavala would take it, take the place of Vanguard commander. Here's a question. Yeah. Or here's a observation more so than actually a question. Saint 14, was he still a Vanguard mentor when he was out fighting the Fallen? Because we've never seen the Vanguard leave the tower until they were forced maybe that's to. Why, maybe that's why he wasn't a mentor anymore is because he didn't, he was more hunter than he would like, than people like to admit. Well, I think, I mean, did the speaker send him out? Because I still, I still view Saint-14 as kind of the speaker's right hand. Well, he's described as such, too. Right. So maybe the speaker had him step down from the position to put Zabala in there so he could go out and do whatever, I don't necessarily want to call it dirty work, but do yeah. the take care work. of things. Right. Take care of the the devils, the fallen devils and stuff like that. And then go after Osiris himself, which he didn't sound exactly pleased about having to do. Well, he also like had just told the speaker, he's like, I'm too tired to walk back to or to come back to the city. And the speaker's like, that's nice. I need you to fly across the solar system and hunt down your crazy buddy. He's like, right. Dad, seriously. <laughs> I'm on the same, arguably the same planet as you. And I told you I'm too tired to freaking come back to the tower. And now you're sending yeah. me to a different planet. The epitome I am, of the I am arguable, like, arguably like a hundred miles away versus Mercury, <laughs> which is like, you know, just a, just a few hundred million. <laughs> just, I love, I love the, the, the response from this speaker. He's like, that's nice. I need you to go to Mercury. <laughs> it's like... Ugh. He just uh, the speaker reminds me of. Now this is a very very big stereotype. The dad that wants their kid to be the basketball star uh-huh. and uh-huh. forces them to go out and practice every day, and eventually just pushes them away because they're like, "Oh God, I do it because I love you, and it makes you proud of me." But I hate it. I want to stop. Let me go play my clarinet. Yeah, but this- are you talking about the speaker still, or was there some kind of family event I missed there? Oh, no, no. I, I played right. saxophone. I'm fine. That's, that's true. All right. You were, you were probably talking about a sister then. Um, <laughs> Flute player. The, the, yeah. <laughs> Kills my theories again. Um, yeah, it just kind of goes along with the fact that like the, the speaker is the bad coach versus... Uh, you know everybody well, else. It's and like I, think, uh, I don't. I don't know necessarily if he's a bad coach because you know to Green's point though, if Saint fourteen is a more is better at being in field work, and Zavala is better at being command, then repositioning the forces to be more aligned with their strengths. Actually, I mean that makes a lot of sense from a leadership perspective, right? Oh, you yeah. want you want your units to be at at the highest synergy, you know, it, so that they sync better. That that makes perfect yeah. sense. So I could, see, I mean, yeah. I can see Green what you're saying. I could totally see that being the case where he's like, okay, yeah, we tried it out. This is not your forte. <laughs> this is this is not this is not where you belong. 
I love you, but you're I love you, but you really suck at this job. Well, I wouldn't even say that. I would say that Saint Fourteen is the most loyal guardian to the speaker. Right. Period. And that Saint would be the one that the speaker would trust to go do things that maybe he wouldn't even tell the vanguard. Right. No. And that, and I mean, that's, but that's, and I remember when we, when we originally were talking about Saint, that was one of the biggest things is like the speaker makes this like just hip shot call of, yeah, you're going to Mercury. And it's like up until now, there's this, you know, this, this, this like decision process that kind I mean, like I understand it's wartime, so you, it's not really like, you know, it's in wartime, so you don't get to vote. Congress doesn't get a say, um, but, or consensus, whatever, sorry, confusing mm-hmm. real life with Paul. And, but like, but the, the assignment to like hunt down Osiris, that doesn't seem necessary. Cause it, they say like the war is over. We're going to fire the devil red, you know, the final flare, the war is over, blah, blah. Oh yeah. Go, go hunt down this guy. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, like you're making, you're making an authoritative call there that you, it does feel like he doesn't want people to know about. But the thing is, is he, he doesn't necessarily want, he wants to talk, AKA have a fight. Well, but we don't know, we don't know when that card was, I mean, I'm not talking about the card. I'm talking about the comic. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about going to Mercury to quote unquote talk, which that's where the comic is. Saint, Saint, Saint. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking the speaker, the speaker, because the the Osiris card is a note from the speaker. Right. I'll fight the speaker. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) There's no love lost there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I I had to. That's okay. <laughs> but like after I mean, reading like, the comic, I agree with you at this oh, point. I was I, all, I, dubs. I I agree with the speaker as he was, but I don't see that as the speaker current. Like I don't see that as the I same the same personality. I, I think I think he I, I think he grew. I think he changed. I mean, unless it's going to end up being like two different people, which again kind of falls into the ideas of how many people have worn the mask. That's the well, only thing that also- I could that I could argue on that one. Uh, BT Dub Speaker Revised is uh, is totally a a plan for me. Just saying, I am not going to be kind. Ugh. Sorry, our our little quietness is Blue and I are arguing in chat as to <laughs> who the speaker is. That's, that's it's like fine. my it's like my biggest question back to everyone is like, how do you even know that he's human? <laughs> you don't. So Look, I don't. I don't even know or care if he is human or not. He's still gonna bleed one way or another. <laughs> the console beat you to the punch. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. I'm. Uh, I'm okay with uh, kicking a white horse while it's down. Wow. So is the console. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. man. All right. <laughs> we do, we do have Here's a secretly dis- the console <laughs> confirmed. We Kex do actually right have all the Kex was right all along. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do oh. that one. Kex is gonna kill me. He'll be happy. Um, okay, so cool. we did we did actually get a dispatch real quick. So let's run through those mm-hmm. and then we we'll start wrapping up. Dispatches from the wilds. 
All right, so dispatch this week is from Caboose029. We really appreciate it. Um, and he says, I just finished the Ghost Shells episode and would have to say my favorite shell is either the Iron Banner or the Rise of Iron Shells. But I've been listening for about three or four months now, and I can't think of a week without Focus Fire Chat. I listen to one other Destiny podcast just as often. I love the topics and chats between the group. Follow everyone but Justin on Twitter, mostly because I can't find his account, which I believe Green... Did yes, we, I fixed that. They that. are now okay. following each other. Okay. Justin did um, a really awkward waving gif at oh him, God. so I think we're that good. sounds about appropriate. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and I will say that the podcast makes me actually look forward to playing Destiny each week and enjoying the game. It's nice to hear a group of guardians that play and talk about the game still, even with all the issues Destiny has. It's uh, nice to listen to a podcast about a game I enjoy that doesn't just complain about the things in the game. I play on PS4 and would love to try to raid with someone sometime. Just chiming in and wanted to say, keep up the good work, Guardians. His PSN account is Caboose029. So if you guys are on PlayStation and you are looking for someone to play with or looking to round up a group, I'm sure that he would appreciate that. Shoot him a message. He is in our Discord now. So if you want to find him, you can either find him. His uh, Twitter handle is also Caboose029, or you can find him in our Discord as well. Awesome. And then, yeah, so kind of going back to, you know, this this actually kind of touches on a, on a conversation we were having before the show. Um, you know, it's like, just because you don't like a game doesn't mean that you have to, like, poop on it, right? Yeah, I mean, this Beard, Beard and I were kind of talking about this with Monster Hunter. I don't really have any interest in it. I'm really excited for it. Like, I, I there is there is a an odd, weird mixture there. I'm excited to see people get excited for a game, but that doesn't mean that I have to enjoy that game, but that also, you know, it flips also like, so I guess what I'm saying is I, you know, and I'm pretty sure green and beard and I know Justin and I have said the same thing a lot and I'm assuming green and beard are green. We probably wouldn't be doing this show if we, if we didn't enjoy the game, like, the amount of the amount of research that we do just you know on our own and the amount of time that we spend or at least green and i i know spend and i know beard spends and beard spends more yeah no i mean i know both of us i know which i mean right but i mean but you don't you don't put that time into something that you you don't enjoy right um now, in and it's not that we don't have criticisms. I mean, if you, any of you have ever chatted with any of us offline or even listened to a couple of the episodes, you'll know that we don't agree with everything that happens in the game. We'll make jokes about it all the time, but that doesn't mean that you have to be negative. Like there, there's a big difference between being critical and being, you know, I don't, I don't really know the appropriate term. With every a, with everyone a, is allowed to have their opinions, but you are not allowed to force your opinions on another person. Yeah. Well, and there's that. And then there's also like, like just like criticism for just criticism to me doesn't make sense. Like constructive criticism is, is my general like guideline. I usually won't voice my criticism unless I have an idea of an option to fix it. It's kind of how I've, and and that kind of comes from my actual job as a mm-hmm. as a kind of a project manager slash technical like liaison for a lot of things if i my my golden rule when i criticize something is i need to have before i open my mouth to criticize someone's idea i have to have two viable options 
to fix it. And if I don't have two options to have to bring to the table to fix something, I don't give myself the option to open. Like I don't, I don't criticize it because if I can't think of something better or if I can't think of it in a different way, then, then that's not, for me, it's not good enough to, to put someone else's idea down because obviously I am not able to think of something better. Um, the, the thing that I have the most issue with is the people who purposefully go in and trash something that somebody else says that they enjoy. And it's yeah. not even, well, that's, like, that's just trolling. I mean, that's just right. Yeah. I, 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 and I see a lot of that still happening, unfortunately, but it's not, I'm not saying it's, a unique thing to destiny it is oh, it's yeah. forever halo community had a ton of it too yeah it still does it still does mm-hmm. um it's just but i mean like i i, I and, and so like i appreciate i appreciate i appreciate the hell out of this email because this is something that you know i i know i struggle with a lot um especially with the destiny community being kind of at the point where it is, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of frustration in it, and then some of it's rightfully rightful. Like, like I mean, some of it is righteous frustration. Um, and like the, my difference of opinions, which Beard and I have, we've talked about that on episode on episodes before. Um, we have different opinions, and you know, I have a different opinion than it seems like a lot of the the community does about some of the the mechanics. Um, but that's also, I mean, ultimately, I'd also counter argue with that's not the point of this this podcast. Like, I mean, there's plenty of podcasts out there who are slicing and dicing the mechanics of Destiny and and any other game that you want. Like, there there are plenty, uh, even within the Guardian Radio Network. You know, uh, Guardian One, uh, Guardian Radio, they all are talking about you know the the this week at Bungie, the the development updates, all that. Whereas we we are the lucky we have the lucky defense of like that's nice i'm going to talk about the story so as long as there's a story that's what i'm going to be talking about i think that's partly what's helped insulate this show in particular because we are talking about some the story aspect we're not talking about the mechanics that everybody's yelling about granted the stuff that everybody's upset about, which I am upset about various aspects of it too. Don't get me wrong. There are things I wish they would change. The seeing that is still unnerving sometimes. And it's still hard to view as a community member, seeing friends that you've seen on there who used to be so hyped and excited and on board with the same things that you were, you were on board with suddenly disappear or start saying things that you don't agree with about it. That is hard. That's hard to watch. I've watched my raid team and some of you who know that I, I've been part of focus fire check raid or clan. And I've also been a part of the super awesome best friends forever clan, but my super awesome best friends forever clan doesn't play destiny anymore. So I came back to the FFC clan because they're still playing it's hard to watch your friends step away. It's hard to still love a game and still like playing the game and booting up the game, either because you are not interested in any of the other games or you can't afford any of the games that you want to play right now, but there's not the same people there. 
the good news is, is there's still a community of people and I keep finding him on Twitter and it's, it's, it's a great thing to feel and see when you see somebody who you, you don't know this person, but you see that they're still positive and excited about the same thing you are. It's just, it's harder to find now. And I think banding together in different communities, like our community with FFC or guardian radio or some of the other communities that are still out there. I think that's important. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's perfect online with what I was going to say. The other thing is like when you, here's, here's the other thing, guys. It's okay to like other games. Yeah. You can step away. It's okay to take a break from destiny. If destiny, if destiny two is not on your speed, you don't like it, you know, you don't also, you don't enjoy it guys it's a video game it's a video game and it's okay to walk away completely if you're it done. is it is a hundred percent we and you know what that's that's a great great segue to my next point that's why focus fire we try to include include other games we don't want we don't want to restrict your guys's passions to one single way because I mean, hell, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent focused on Destiny. I mean, we're ta- again, we're talking about that before the show. Uh, I've been playing, been playing. Oh god, yeah, Skyrim. I have thousands of hours in Fallout Three. I'm a huge fan of Fallout Three. Um, Path of Exile, free to play game. My brother and I have been playing that on you know on this on every other pretty much every other night except for reset night. I mean, the guy. Uh, if you were part of the FFC during the Rise of Iron DLC, you know that I took a break from Destiny. I still did the weekly podcast, and I still followed the story, and I was still a huge fan of Destiny. Um, but for me, it, I just needed a break, and so I started playing Halo Five. You know, I just played that with my brother. It's okay. That's that's the beauty of video games. Is the they're games. They're they're meant to be enjoyed. And so if you're not enjoying it, and I know we've we've mentioned this a couple times in a couple episodes a while back, but if you're not enjoying them, guys, go find something you're enjoying. Get passionate about it. Like that's the point of video games is to to be an escape from reality. You know, I I'll rag I'll rag on Beard for his obsession with Monster Hunter, but you know what? That's the point. Is you need to find something that you're excited about. And that's where you that's that's what I want to help, you know, if either either introduce I mean Hell, someone just shot me a uh, a link to, and this is again something we were, uh, Beard and I were talking about to uh, a new, and I just blanked on it. Beard, what was the what's the freaking Path of Exile? It? No, not Path no. of Exile. The other one. Oh, um, um, um. I just blanked on it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, but someone, uh, my sister in law, shot me a a link to a trailer of a game that I'm literally I just blanked on the game title. It's so Bloodborne bad. Monster Hunter. We yeah, were it's, just it's, talking uh, about it. Oh God! Yeah, it's gonna. So yeah, it's gonna come to me as soon as we get done with the episode. But no, of but, course. but it's a, it's a it's a new game. It's from a completely like an indie indie company. It looks freaking amazing. I'm super stoked about it. And I'm like, this is this is really cool. And yeah, Green, you're you're Kurt, you you just Green just messaged me. The other cool thing about talking about story is you don't have to play the game to enjoy the the story of a game. I know plenty of people who enjoy Halo's storyline. Don't own an Xbox. 
that's the cool thing. It's a story. It's universal. And I, I mean, that's, that's kind of my, that, that's my, my soapbox that I'll, I'll get off of now. Do we want to do God, I'm outs? going to freaking <clears throat> scream because I can't remember this game's name. So there's going to be a tweet that comes. There is going to probably, there's probably going to be a tweet in like, in like 30 seconds after I closed the, the podcast down. And it's like, guys, guys, it's, it's this. But yes, let's do shout outs. Maybe I can figure it out before I get to my shout out. Before you get to your shout out. So. Greedfall. Do you want to do. What? Greedfall. Yes. That's what it was. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I I'm told you as soon as. As soon as. I'm going to figure this out. As soon as I was done talking, it, like, it was like. Beep, beep. Uh, so yes, Greedfall. Check that. Check confirmed. that game. Confirmed. Blue is an EXO now. Yeah, yeah. So yes, beard. Beep, beep. Shout outs. <laughs> shout outs. Um, shout out to my community because you guys have been extremely patient with me over the past three weeks. Uh, shout out to this community for giving me a week off last week because I needed it pretty badly. Um, but more than anything, uh, shout out to everybody for you know, letting me take a, a slightly different direction on the channel, uh, only because, you know, destiny, if it hasn't been necessarily apparent with me, destiny has been kind of like up and down, but getting back to kind of the earlier conversation that was just had, that's mostly due to me kind of giving into, you know, my experience of the game has been negatively, uh, negatively impacted just by the simple fact that a lot of other people are negative about it. So always consider that when you are acting that way. Yes, this is why th- this is why people will end up telling you share your opinions in a respectful manner and mm. do it constructively because constructive criticism doesn't bug me. But when you are just clearly ragging on somebody, that's when you know you end up having me go into depression for about three weeks time. And I wonder exactly what I've been doing for the last year of my life. Uh, and it's, it's something that, you know, I, I thank this community for, and I thank my community for, because I need, I need something different. Uh, and that's where I'm, I'm hoping that this is at least one way that I can go, uh, with be it monster hunter or something else. Uh, other shout outs, however, uh, to individuals, uh green thank you for checking in with me because over the past couple weeks i've needed that um she's been she's she's been like on discord every now and again just being like hey um just gonna jab you with my elbow a little bit (laughs) did you die yet no it's more of i got this random spin foil thought and i'm just gonna throw it at you yeah and 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 how are you and and that has helped me a lot with uh, ensuring that I'm, you know, keeping my brain a little bit more active in, in the right manners. So I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate anybody that has uh, done that for me over the past few weeks, especially because there have been numerous ones of you. Uh, Green's just the first one and she's, she's present. So I wanted to at least give her a, a big shout out on that. Uh, but thank you to everybody for for being patient with me. Uh, over this, the past few weeks, or really over the past month, 
Uh, and I'm hoping that I can get everything back in order on my end for you and also for myself. Because uh, the, 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 the mindset I was in was not healthy whatsoever. And I will leave it there. All right. Green, what about you? My shout outs go to a lot of the, our newest members in Discord. A lot of people just now kind of popping in and we've got some really hopping chat that's been happening lately and I, I'm enjoying it. So my shout out goes to some of you guys that are in like the Lord Destiny stuff and just putting out so much where I can't keep up and I leave Discord open while I'm at work and I can't keep up sometimes. So it's like good on you guys for having those chats. That's what it's there for. Um as far as other shout outs, Beard, I'm going to kind of echo you because I have of my own version of that in pins. Pins is my person who pokes me every once in a while. It's like, hey, how, how you doing? How you doing? And it, we all, everybody needs a person like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a person like that, whether or not you're actually going through some intense stuff or just day-to-day stuff just to be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And I, my shout out goes to pens right now. Cause he's that guy for me, it seems. And blue does it too, but blue mm-hmm. does it in a way sometimes that I'm like blue. I'm really blue, good at stuff. Stop. <laughs> I love that was, how that was I total will sarcasm by the way. Yeah. So blue will ask me and, and Anna to <laughs> proofread something for him. And I will tell him something and he's like, okay, okay, okay. And I, I can tell he's like, okay, I, I hear you, but I'm not really going to do anything about it. That's not, that's not accurate at all. That's what it's, that's what it feels like. And then Anna says the same thing and he's like, okay, I better change it. I'm like, yes, that's what I said. Oh, that's not at all what happened. So basically <laughs> for the record, <laughs> what happened was I asked both of you to proofread something and you finished before she did. And so I didn't want to start changing stuff until she got done. Because she's told me that she was like halfway through with it. And then it's tax season. So she's she's a CPA. It, it takes a while. Yeah, I'm just giving so, him grief because no. I can. But yes, Blue's I do. Like I, do, I, do I, I do value my wife's word over pretty much everyone else's. So yes, sorry. Sorry if be. you are not my wife. But... It'd be awkward. Yeah, that's that's not going to. Anyways, uh, shout outs for me, actually. T- so we be sure to uh, tune in either to Green's Twitter or to the Focus Fire Twitter for the community feedback or on the Discord, just weigh in. We'll be tracking mm-hmm. those. Um, that topic, the topic for next week is going to be the Worm Gods. Um, we, we are going to be doing... Extra lore is going to be kind of weird because normally we do it the first. So we normally do it the first Wednesday of each month. Well, February, the first day of February is Thursday. So it's going to feel weird because this this coming Wednesday is actually in January. So we were going to be doing it on the 7th. The individual <coughs> that I'm trying to get on to talk about it is Warhammer. The topic is going to be Warhammer 40K. So this is something that I definitely need to get someone on. Um, because like, I know, 
I know a really basic summary of it, but I'm not really, I, and I'm going to, I don't, the, if there's one group of people I really don't want trying to hammer down my door because they actually will come hammer down my door, it's the Warhammer 40, 40K group. Um, so I'm going to, I'm trying to get someone on who, who is, who is admittedly a very well-known individual or not well-known, but a knowledgeable individual on most of the lore. Uh, I've been talking and to him suggested by Bife. and yes, I, so originally the story, the story, full story is I originally reached out to Bife because I know Bife is really big fan of Warhammer and Bife's response was, I know nothing compared to the individual that I am now talking to. Um, and the reason I'm not saying a name is because we're time zones being what they are. We're still trying to work out everything. Uh, but because of that, we are actually going to be looking at doing the extra lore pod or the extra lore stream um, on Saturday, February 10th at the normal time. So 10 p.m. But Saturday instead of Wednesday. Um, and that's, again, just because time zone differences. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. I will be tweeting that out. And when I put out the the uh, the banner for the extra lore episode, I'll make sure that we get that that correct date input on there as well. Um, and then also big shout out. We got, we had a, a number of people, uh, who jumped in on the Podbean patron, uh, knives of shadow and caboose. Oh, two nine, both joined uh, patrons over on the Podbean. We really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for that. And then pins and psychotic necro. Thank you so much for the Twitch subscriptions this week. We again, really appreciate it. You guys, um, I, I cannot put really into words how much I appreciate all the support that we get either. And it's not just the, the subscriptions or the patrons. It's, it's, you know, emails like the one that we got from Caboose earlier, mm-hmm. um, tweets. We've, I've gotten a lot of conversations about that green. I know put out a tweet about, you know, if you guys, if you guys are having issues, um, with, you know, finding enjoyment in games or finding, you know, just having trouble, Every single one of the co-hosts here, I, I mean, I, 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 I'll speak for myself. My DMs on Twitter are completely open to everyone. Um, my DMs on Discord are completely open to everyone. If you don't want to, and if you don't want to, you know, private message me, if you want to send an email to our group, that is obviously completely open. We, we try to make it as painless as possible for you guys to reach out and communicate with us because we understand that the importance of that. Um, Mm -hmm. it is, it is something that there is no judgment. There is no, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not necessarily going to argue with you. I'm going to, if you ask my opinion on like, why do you find so much fun in the game? I'll tell you. But I mean, the thing is, is like every person enjoys things differently and, and I would be more than happy to have a conversation with you and, you know, bounce ideas back and forth to find a game that you are really passionate about. That's completely okay. Um, or if you want us, I, I've got a couple people who have been sending us stuff for uh, possible consideration for articles on the website. You know, whatever it is, I am more than happy to take time and and talk talk you through whatever issues that you might have, whatever your thoughts are on certain situations or whatnot. Um, and I also, I mean, if you just if you just want to chat, I'll just chat. If you want to yeah. talk about all that stuff with Blue, you can do that with Blue. I mean, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll talk about I'll, whatever. I'll I'll, ta- I'll try to chat, but I'll, I, I'm not really super awesome at that. I'm more like problem solver person. No, I don't know. I, I whatever. I'll I'll talk about whatever you need, but. Um, oh, okay. So Lada in chat right now. 
for all the newcomers, I will probably need to make an announcement in Discord for this as well. If you are still listening to the podcast at this point, um, for all the newcomers in the Discord channel, we have a ton of channels for uh, games that are not Destiny, not uh, any any particular order. All you have to do, we have a channel that is called General Commands. Um, you just have to type in ranks and it will pull up all the channels that we have available for you. If you are a fan of a game and you think that you can get a, if you want a, a place that to have people come and talk about it, just let us know. I'm more than happy to put a channel together for you to talk, to talk about the game story of a particular game or TV show or movie or movie series, whatever. We're all, we, we all enjoy stories and that's really the point. Um, but yeah, so tech, check out the general command. Um, if you have any questions like that, please reach out to any of the moderators. We're all, you know, that's what we're here for or reach out to any of the, the podcast team. Again, that's what we're here for to help you guys out. But and with, Oh, go for it. Go for it. Green. It's like on top of that, if you don't see something that you like, and some of these rooms are a little bit slower than others, mm-hmm. we, I, I'm going to out a plea right now to blue because he is the king of making all the rooms because we have so many I rooms have, i do have um, a nickname there i think we should have a room for just miscellaneous games that may not necessarily be a big big topic type game necessarily but just if you want to spit out on something random and i don't think that should be like a, a join room i think that should be one of the general rooms but that's just me that's a fair point yeah we can we can definitely do that um, but yes, yes. So with all that being said, let's run through the outro real quick. And then as usual, we will probably stick around for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focus fire chat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focus Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. Shine bright.